Today is March 16th, and the Yankees are still not playing any baseball. Neither is anyone else, not even kids outside. So let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. And Lindsay. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Yanks. My name is John Boy, and sitting next to me is my best friend and co-host, Talking Jake. <laughs> We're going to have a rad episode today. Yeah. Tough opener. Tough opener. You touched me. Times are tough. You gave me the virus. Times are tough. Um, if Jake goes down, I will go down as will big producer Big Baby David because we are in a like eight by eight room. Trapped in a box. Trapped in a box, making content. Everyone be safe. Everyone else be safe. Welcome, welcome to Talking Yanks. We are, I don't know, excited is the wrong word to use. I was going to say we're excited to get going, but like, Things are bad, man. Yeah. Baseball's going to get pushed back. You know what is good? We got some uh, new Patreons, Patreons that are sponsoring the thanks, show. Thanks, Patreons. Russell Schumeyer. Yes. Anthony Dyke. Dyke. Andrew Mendez. And Autumn Sharp. And Autumn was our talking baseball yeah, as well. Yeah, Autumn's all over today. Thank you very much, Autumn. Very pretty name. I like that name. We're going to be putting out a lot of Patreon stuff. And so if you've been waiting to give $2 a month to two losers during a pandemic, now's the time. Wow, using coronavirus to get $2. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Jake did an AMA for the Patreon people. Yeah, and we've been, a, luckily me and Jimmy have been apart for two years, and now that we're together, there's a pandemic that says everyone can't do anything together. So we're going down with the ship, um, but a lot of Patreon stuff. As soon as we get into the same... Yeah. Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world tells us we're not supposed to it's be together? It's not supposed to be this way. I was doing Remember Titans. Oh. We came together at camp. Cool. I thought you were doing Brokeback Mountain. No, no, no. Playing Groveton tonight, y'all. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> I love Remember the Titans. Um, anyway, I don't really have much to add to this. We're going to we're gonna uh, get yeah. Lindsay Adler on the phone to gauge what's uh, the mood and the vibe we'll get around Lindsay, the guys in camp. We'll get Lindsay on, and then if there's any loose ends we need to touch up, we'll touch up on them. Fair? Okay. Fair. That's fair. All right. I got to call Lindsay. I call her. We are joined by Lindsay Adler of The Athletic. Lindsay, how are you doing personally? Um, I'm okay. Ish. Ish. Where are you at? Where are you at with like society? Are you good? Um, I'm concerned about the people who were still going to bars in New York City over sure. the weekend, and I guess elsewhere in the country. But um, I'm concerned for a lot of people. I think I get, I'm happy to report to you that Jake didn't go to a bar over the weekend. He just took a picture of a bar that he walked past. I was concerned for him for a second. It was. I mean. I wouldn't put, you know. Don't. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> contracting, okay. Contracting coronavirus to, to make Twitter jokes past Jake, it's to be er, honest. It's early, it's early <laughs> in the conversation. I walked past <laughs> Phil Hughes' bar, so I took a picture of it walking my dog. So 
Um, and Smeet, let's get this out of the way before you guys start ragging on me again. How's Fisher? Fisher update. Um, he's kind of being a little bit of an asshole. Okay. This is a family like, show, so. Yeah. Well, okay. He's sort of being a bit of a butthole because <laughs> he had a really hard time, like, with me coming and going from spring training. And I think he's just so excited that I'm home now and literally not leaving the house except to, to take him on walks that he just, like, thinks that he gets to, you know, control all of my time and, and decide uh, when I should be giving him attention and when I should be giving him food and what I should be doing. So he's a little bit, bit of a tyrant right now, but, um, you know, it's still cute sometimes. Has he thought about the fact that, like, you're going through this as well? Seems like he hasn't. He really hasn't. I think he's just, you know, it's, it's really sick. It's, it's, it's disgusting. He's definitely happy about the coronavirus and it's just, it's, it's horrible. He, yeah, sounds a lot you like should Jake. go to jail. Okay. Yeah, honestly. And that, that was Lindsay Adler with The Athletic. Thank you for calling in, Lindsay. <laughs> um, okay. Lindsay, what, you, you kind of were, you know, this is a global pandemic, obviously, but this is a Yankees podcast, so I'm going to kind of ask some questions tailored to you mm-hmm. know, spring training in that camp. Was the When did the vibe turn from get serious? Because I know Jake and I both had our day where we were like, oh, crap. For the players, were, did they take it serious early on, or did they have a switch? Because I know they they all voted to stay in Tampa, and now they may not. Like, what what was the vibe with the players, and when did it hit them? I don't know. It, you know, I knew that I was really concerned about it when I flew back to Tampa last Sunday night, um, and Monday is when. MLB decided to limit who had access to the clubhouse and so even then I was kind of like well I think this could definitely spiral out of control you know it, it this could this could just be the beginning of our worries but also I was like okay this is kind of a weird measure and I don't think anyone really expected it to get out of hand this quickly I would say the general kind of panic amongst you know people I know maybe not maybe not players because I didn't really get to talk to them so much um in that week I would say after the NBA suspended its season that's when you know a lot of other writers I knew even though we had all been kind of seeing this thing coming that's when it really set in and then when I was um at the minor league complex on Thursday um, after the NBA had suspended its season and, and right before MLB suspended or ended spring training and delayed the season that I think everyone kind of feels this is coming to an end. You know, I think, I mean, honestly, behind the scenes, everybody knew that MLB was about to bang this thing, but that was really, I would say the first time I really felt it being super palpable. Um, it just it just picked up really quickly. Did did you have and I feel the, the when the NBA dropped that I mean if, for any sports fan that's a wow moment. I think Jimmy tweeted like I'll I'll remember this for the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, have you uh, you personally was there like a surreal moment? Was it 
Uh, you know, I've heard a couple people mention like what, leaving spring training, you know, the second week of March and seeing <laughs> a lot of people also leaving spring training being like, it's over and what's going on or um, I don't know. I guess that they put the media behind what? Like a, a you guys were fenced off. Was that kind of surreal or or what what moment jumps out for you personally? You know, I, I mean, things were like mostly fine um, at the ballpark, you know, after they said that we wouldn't have clubhouse access. Players were super accommodating. You know, PR did a really good job. Um, they're actually kind of used to their, the, some of the PR staff is, is used to coordinating things like that because early in spring training, they have to coordinate things for Yes Network and for, for the scoreboard and whatnot. So it actually ran a lot more smoothly than I thought. But on Thursday, I, I, though I did kind of know that I needed to just try to gather as much material as I could. So I talked with Brett Gardner and I just talked about baseball. And so later that night I tweeted like, okay, who wants to read like a, a non coronavirus baseball story. And then like an hour after that, all of the NBA stuff happened. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) like, (laughs) how, how am I supposed to write this? Well, what do I do? Um, and so, yeah, I was sitting in my Airbnb and I was trying to write and I was just watching it play out first on Twitter and then on ESPN. And I was um, impressed by the way Ryan Rufo, you know, our our dude handled it on air. And um, that's, that's when it really freaked me out. And I couldn't really understand why, because, you know, an, an NBA player getting a positive diagnosis and Oklahoma doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me sitting, you know, around an MLB team in Florida. But for some reason, that's when I think I kind of realized that um, it was really going to affect sports and kind of blow things up. But then after the news kind of stopped that night, uh, I realized I had tweeted that I was going to write a baseball story for the morning. So I did it anyway, and then no one read it because no one cared. <laughs> the, ga- the Gardner one? I read it. It was fantastic. Uh-huh. Oh, well, thank you. You're not no one. But. Oh, okay, great. Uh, hey, Lindsay, you know the Gobert mm-hmm. stuff in the NBA? He mm-hmm. he tested positive in the day before the viral clip of him touching and, mm-hmm. and, and touching all the recorders and the reporters' recorders. If that was yeah. one of your recorders, would you have thrown it in the ocean, burned it, or how scared would you have been? Because I would have been so scared. I don't know. It was really interesting because at first when I saw it, I was like, okay, what is wrong with this dude? Like, what's the deal here? But then later that night, I saw a bunch of, you know, uh, I saw the writers who cover Gobert, you know, tweeting like he didn't really know he was sick. He was trying to make light of a rough situation for all of us. He was trying to show support. And it's funny because now being on this side of it, having the experience, I, it does get kind of annoying when something that happens at camp or, you know, happens around a team gets totally misinterpreted publicly. Um, But in, in retrospect, I probably would have been really concerned about that but also i just record things on my phone so i keep holding them anyway so that i can oh uh, man you can't throw out your phone 
Yeah, no. Well, I mean, so, yeah, so my, my phone wouldn't have been on the podium or wouldn't have been on the days because, you know, I got to keep it to tweet shit with typos as, you know, as things are developing or whatever. So, true. yeah. So, yeah. Um, does this give yeah. you a chance to write a follow-up on the Madden League since that seems like the players are going to be maybe run a, another one? Because that was a fantastic article you wrote that I think everyone loved. Um, I think it's funny because after Brian Hope tweeted that Zach Britton said that that was how the players were going to spend their time, a bunch of people who <clears throat> I don't think read the story were like, they need to put this on Twitch. They need to put this on Twitch. And I was like, oh, well, now Tommy Canely has like a million freaking allies and trying to get his teammates to, to stream all of this on Twitch. Um, right now I'm trying to figure out a lot of other things, but if we don't have baseball for the next like two, three months, however long, like I am hoping that maybe some of the players are like, hello, Lindsay, yeah, how are yeah. you? Would <laughs> we you have... like to write about our Madden league? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have similar hopes Yeah, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy. And we, uh, you know, we, we've got some things in the work, but yeah, I think, um, you know, we're, we're obviously trying to be glass half full over here. Um, and we're, we're hoping that if players aren't playing and they're a little bored, um, yeah, come talk to us, but, um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit of baseball. Cause I think that's what we mm-hmm. normally like to do. Well, and we'll get to art later. Um, as always, okay. but, um, uh, and I'll, I'll put you on the spot a little bit cause I, me mm-hmm. and Jimmy haven't fully flushed this out, but we, we do our talking baseball stuff and it's, it's hard trying to touch base with the other 29 teams when you're, we're so locked into the Yankees. But um, I, I, I'll use this as an example. We, um, we saw King Felix, uh, Felix Hernandez at Braves camp, and he essentially was winning the fifth starters job. And it was kind of really cool. Um, he was throwing junk and he, you know, they had an injury and he looked good. And it was, it was cool that he was going to be a part of this Braves team. And who knows, maybe he sticks it out. Maybe he gets his first playoff appearance, stuff like that. So it's kind of this other side to spring training of guys who were going to get opportunities and make the team. And uh, I, I guess who on the Yankees um, really jumps out that baseball-wise, you know, this delay, which, again, everybody, yes, take a step back. We know it's the scope of life. Baseball only matters so much. But, I mean, you know, th- this could have been an opportunity taken away from somebody, and I'm wondering who jumps out for you when you when you think of that. You know, that was really one of the things that kind of came to mind quickly. You know, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, that Aaron Judge and John Carlos Tan will have time, you know, to come back from injury. But, I mean, someone like maybe Roselle Herrera or, you know, now they, who, as I think Aaron Boone said, like opened some eyes and he could have served a lot of different purposes. But then I saw him working with Brett Gardner. Obviously, they had him on the infield. Like, it was, it would have been a really cool story. And, I mean, and maybe it still will be. But, you know, then if Judge and Stanton come back, which obviously is a net positive for the Yankees, then they have Gardner, Cockman, Frazier, and Duhar, uh, and then Judge and Stanton. And assuming that Stanton is basically posting up in the DH spot, that's, what five outfielders for three spots um something like that so it's that actually does kind of make the 
you know, the, the Clint Andujar situation a little bit more interesting, um, I think. But I, the, the thing is, I, I don't even know how to project any of this because, one, we don't know when the sport is coming back. And two, I'm really worried that the, at least in the off season, players know when they're going to need to report to camp. And so they can really set up really firm routines and kind of build up so that they, you know, get to camp prepared. Right now, I don't think anyone knows what to do. And so it's not just that guys are going to come back or that, you know, guys may get bumped off the roster from guys returning. My fear is that this can lead to a, to a lot of injury risk as well. So I don't even know what the situation is going to look like, but I guess, I guess one other thing I, I forgot to mention is, you know, it looks like James Paxton will be ready for opening day. Right. So that kind of changes the, you know, Clark Schmidt, Mike King, Davey Garcia, even David Hale type of fifth starter situation out there. So it's, there's a lot of guys whose um, lives and I guess in a sense roster security just kind of got shaken up. Yeah. My, my, my thing that I keep thinking about or that I've come to the realization today is that MLB isn't going to want to operate under this unknown where like, hey, we don't know yet, we don't know yet, and then immediately be like, okay, we're a week out, you know, and spring it on the guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to yeah. make a plan and if it's a long break, which it seems like it's going to be, there's going to have to be like two weeks of exhibition games under that plan to get guys back in order unless it's up to each individual team to do their own spring training stuff, which maybe. But all of that makes me think that they may just be going towards an 81-game season with two weeks of a spring beforehand and it mm-hmm. might be easier for them logistically to just right now say, hey, this might be good in a month, but we're not doing it until July and we're going to have use June as spring training just so they can get the logistics figured out because if they keep waiting, eventually they're just going to need to choose a date and map it out from there. And they're going to choose a really safe date. That That's kind of where my mind's at. So I, I think we're in for a long time. I know they just did the, they just announced officially eight weeks, so two months mm-hmm. from now. But I think... yeah. Logistically, they're going to have to go a little f- further than that. Even have you heard any rumors or any rumblings about any of this? You know, the, the most funny thing I think I can say this now is like, you know, the day that they announced that MLB was, or the day MLB announced that you know spring was over and the season was going to be delayed, I was hearing from. You know, I was hearing from people, you know, like, oh, they're saying May 1st or May 31st. And I was like, you know, May 1st, that's crazy. And then I was like, May 31st, someone must have misheard that. But that was what I think people were expecting then. And then MLB came out and announced, you know, two weeks delayed, which I understand why they needed to start it. Small, but I don't. I just don't think anyone knows what to expect right now. And and you're probably right. At some point, I mean, Cashman said that you know for you know seasons with labor stoppages, it's been like a two to three week spring training. And uh, I, I think you're probably right that maybe it's in everybody's best interest 
they pick a date, even if it's far out, and then try to kind of build a schedule back from that. Because the the guys I keep thinking about are the pitchers, um, and especially the starting pitchers, because like you know, like Garrett Cole and Jay Happ were built up to like sixty five pitches each, I think. And so if the season's going to be delayed by two weeks, okay, then maybe you work to maintain that. Um, but if the season's now delayed by two months and that seems like a preliminary estimate, then how do you set up a program? You know, like I don't think it's necessarily in Jay and Garrett or anyone's best interest to try to maintain that workload, you know, know not knowing when it's coming. And so I do think that at some point um, – if they can just kind of set a date and let people know, you know, how to set a program that way, it would be good. But I actually don't have any faith that we can actually project when it will be safe for baseball to come back. So I don't know that, I don't know that that will happen. Yeah. yeah. I think the lucky thing is that they have time. Like it mm-hmm. would, it, they have probably a month to actually, see how this plays out more before they set a date, but it's crazy. If it goes to that 81-game season, what Mm -hmm. Jake and I had a conversation about is that Domingo Herman's suspension will still stand. He'll still have to miss Mm -hmm. games that other people are playing. So as Yankee fans and Cashman, you could basically just write him out of the entire season if that's true. Yeah, so his season just got washed out. Yep. What's, um... Yep. Oh, sorry. What's, um... What's the uh, along that topic? Because I, you know, people talk and we're baseball people, and everyone loves doing the kind of the the gathered around the the coffee station and being like, "So, what's your idea? Where do you think? <laughs> Have you heard any good, like, semi ridiculous ideas or cool ideas that they could on how they could shape this season? I know people people are casually dropping, you know, oh, they'll just do a bunch of double headers. And, like, I heard Girardi on the MLB Network, he, and it's kind of addressing the starting pitching issue, he was like, yeah, I think they should expand the rosters for a year so you can have more pitchers because these guys aren't going to be stretched out. Have you heard any good ideas along those lines? Or maybe a ridiculously bad idea? We'd like that too. I don't know. I mean, one player I talked to today did say that, you know, he thinks that if it does get to a point where there's a bunch of double headers, you know, the teams with a lot of depth are they going to are going to be the ones who, um, you know, are, are best positioned. Which obviously that is the Yankees. Um, but no, I, you know, I haven't heard anything crazy beyond having like hundreds of like teenage and early 20s, 20-year-old boys quarantined in a hotel in Tampa for the next two weeks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a very serious situation, but I also don't know what professional athletes who are not able to, uh, you know, even really work out are going to do. But on back to the schedule, I don't know. Because the thing that is so nuts to me is that nothing in baseball at any level happens without basically considering all of the logistics. And it's very clear that even with MLB working around the clock to figure this out, they weren't really able to, 
to, to decide how they were going to handle the schedule before they made the decision to bang the rest of spring and push the season back. I mean, honestly, the craziest thing I've heard at this point is the idea that they would still want to get 162 games in. It's, it's, it, it can't happen. You can't have that many double headers. You can't push the season that far into the winter. Like it's, the, the postseason should be, in a sense, the postseason should be the thing to protect and pushing it that late into the year. I don't think it's good. Then it gives you a short off season and the WBC is supposed to be next spring. So um, from my vantage point, the craziest idea is that a season that begins in June or later really can have 162 games at all. Yeah, it's impossible, especially the players union, like, you know, spent a lot of time negotiating the that the the a lot of those limitations like you can't have a you can't have more than 20 days with a game in a row you have to have an off day mm-hmm. and you yeah. there's a cap on how many double headers you can have in a season so like they're not going to relinquish those rights cuz they worked really hard to get them and they're already the players and the MLBPA are getting kind of screwed on the side of money because this is messing with everyone's mm-hmm. bank account. They are millionaires and all that, but it's still messing with what they their allotted money. And then and then it's going to mess with service time. So the MLBPA is kind of losing stuff, so they're not going to kind of give up ground wherever they are asked to on that. So I, I think that you're right. Like the 161 or 162-game season is just not a possibility, especially if we're well, going two, two months away. Yeah, and, and look at look at the... Even just, you know, the March and April regular season schedule for the Yankees. They see the Orioles and the Rays. Okay, those are easy enough to make up. But then they go to Arling or they go to Oakland and Arlington. And I don't know where you fit in a three-game series against Oakland. Um, not exactly just, you know, a, a two-hour Amtrak. Um and then they go to Arlington, and then they go to Detroit, which I guess they could make up. Um, and then when you go into May, you have Toronto, and then Tampa again, which are easy enough to make up. And then you have Houston, uh, which, well, and then they go to Milwaukee, and then to Anaheim. And so they have enough, I think, far trips, and there are CDA rules about how about travel time and time zones and things like that. And especially as it pertains to, um, you know, travel days and whatnot, that I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. I I don't know how you fit in those Oakland and Arlington and Detroit games. If you, if you tried to do something close to a full season and, and condense it. Yeah. seems impossible. It's crazy. What's going on with um, the Yankees had the the first case in baseball of a player testing mm-hmm. positive for COVID-19. It's a minor league player at the minor league camp, which is separate from the major league camp. Is this, Did th- I mean, I don't know. Is that crazy? Are people scared now? Do the minor league players scared? Or has there been any uh, any panic? Did like Were the major league players even aware or around this guy? Or got anything on this story? Um, yeah, so I mean, minor league camp is busy. There's 
obviously a lot of players, a lot of staff, a lot of people coming and going. There's support staff, there's clubbies, there's all sorts of people. And the Yankees say that they don't believe that the, you know, the, the player who was diagnosed had any contact with anyone on the major league side. But, you know, if, if, if we're talking about, you know, kind of like chain of transmission, yeah, there's, there's no way to ensure that someone who did go to that side and went back to major league camp or vice versa, you know, didn't talk to someone who had talked to this player. Um, I think it's just, it's the Yankees are kind of letting the Florida department of health and Hillsborough, Hillsborough County take the lead on this. So they've been really in a lot of meetings. They've had the doctor who's advising them, you know, talk with the, I think major league team, talk with the front office, talk with the player development staff, talk with the minor league players themselves. So, you know, my takeaway from our call with Cashman yesterday was actually that Cashman has a realistic sense of where this thing is going. He knows that, you know, this player was diagnosed. Um, he knows that they have no way of tracking, you know, where he might have picked it up or who it might have spread to. And he knows that as long as other members of the organization are existing as, you know, normal members of society or whatever, you know, pretty much anyone is vulnerable to it. So, I, there's just a lot of logistics, um, you know, do the minor league players who, well, no one gets paid or yeah. players, players, players do not get paid during spring training. So if these players are under quarantine for two weeks, you know, how are they going to, you know, make money in the time before, before returning to camp and that's you know an issue throughout the league and then kind of really really what does this mean and I think the big thing for me is not necessarily what's the deal with this one player who has it now and the Yankees response to it now but who is the next player in professional baseball who's going to get it you know it's it's not just going to be this one player and maybe the Yankees actually did get a little bit you know fortunate being able to put together a response to it so quickly the player didn't show up to the to the fields that day anything like that and so I think this is kind of in a holding pattern and I think everyone kind of knows that what's really scary is that we don't know what happens next or what the next case will look like yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense no, I mean it's not nothing can be pinpointed. That's the thing. Like they say, this yeah. this kid wasn't anywhere. You don't know. The kid probably went to Chipotle a couple times. He probably went everywhere. Yeah, so. maybe. I mean, he didn't feel symptoms until he woke up on Friday, and then, um, you know, fortunately, Cash said he's no longer feeling symptoms. So it's good that it was a quick recovery. But I think that's also an interesting look at how mild this can present in some in some people who may be carrying it and spreading it to other people. So, yeah. What's the number one thing you'll miss from Tampa? Is it fresh kitchen taco dirty? I know everyone went nuts <laughs> with that this year. Is there what 
I, I you may not be the number one Tampa super fan. I don't know. I don't want to put those words in your mouth, but she's a pretty big fan of Tampa. What, what's aren't the, you, Lindsay? What's the number one thing you'll miss from it. Tampa? Hmm, the number one thing I will miss from Tampa. Baseball. Um. Loaded. Doesn't count. Yeah, probably baseball. But let me think. Thinking. Um. You know, this may be a weird thing, but the schedule and the ability to exercise. Um, I'm not, well, I don't know if any gyms are even open right now, but I was actually in a, in a pretty good routine because this was my third spring training. And, you know, if you treat spring training like it's just a, like it's just an extended road trip, like you would go to, you know, Houston or, or St. Pete or whatever, then you kind of lose your mind. And so I did a pretty good job of kind of setting it up like I was going to live a normal life. And I felt like I was actually doing spring training right for once and, and staying kind of sane. And now I'm in, now I am actually home. Yeah. Now you have cabin not fever really at home. To go outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, I, I, uh, guess, I guess the thing I, I will miss from Tampa is seeing other people. Yeah. That's good. Good answer. Do you have a, like, are you, uh, okay, so you have a lot of free time, I think, now. You still actually, you still have a job, but no mm-hmm. games. Is there a yep. Lindsay Adler passion project? Is there going to be a book in the works? A oh, wow. artist tree? Mm. Some paintings? I was I was going to ask the same question, but clearly Jake Brain. I was going to be like, what's what's the dumb thing you're looking forward to? Like, I know a lot of people are looking at Netflix shows they haven't done, but Jimmy mm-hmm. went the high route. I I stay low. Um, I'm not writing a book yet. But yet, I don't know what I would write a book about. But dogs. I am baseball. The the upside to being home and being home for probably longer than I have been since last off season is that I get to work on a lot of my baking projects. So I started my sourdough starter again. And I am making, I'm currently making my, or I'm currently fermenting my second batch of butter, which is actually a very enjoyable project. And my big, kind of my white whale in terms of baking has been croissants and kind of laminated dough and things that they do on baking TV shows all the time. And they make it look kind of easy, but like every time I try it it's just terrible yeah that's that's tough lens mm -hmm. yeah it's i i don't know why i can't do it correctly i've i've watched so many people make it i've read so i've tried multiple recipes i've tried multiple you know techniques or whatever and i can't get it right um we'll we'll have everyone flood your twitter if you have uh the recipe for for Lindsay, send it send her way yeah if, if someone can help me actually make croissants but I also use this as a very flimsy excuse to order a countertop grain mill so that I can so that I can mill my own flowers with my <laughs> excuse, <laughs> which is totally unnecessary. But my excuse to my boyfriend was, okay, well, if I get you know wheat and rye berries and I knock them over in the pantry, it'll be easier to clean up than when I do it with flour. Yes. Um, and also, since the grocery stores 
has basically been out of flour. I'm like, oh, well, no one buys wheat berries, so I won't suffer from this any, this shortage. And then if I have flour, then I can make bread. And then if I'm, you know, stuck inside for three weeks, at least I will have bread and can eat. So it's, it's a very flimsy excuse, but I'm apparently going to be uh, milling my own flour during yeah. this quarantine. I think most cooks choose their food by what's easiest to clean up when they spill it. <laughs> I think that's fairly normal. I made I made peanut butter cups the other night. Last night? Wow. Yeah, they they came out actually really good. Peanut butter and did chocolate. Did you temper the chocolate? What's that? Or did you temper the did you temper the chocolate? I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I put chocolate as the base layer, melted it. Nice. Then I mixed the peanut butter with butter and sugar to make it a little fluffier and sweeter and then i did that as a middle layer and then i did chocolate as a top layer 15 minutes in the freezer in between each layer wow smart yeah smart they they came out really well shocked bit into it and i was like oh wow i made these so Hmm. um i have a recommendation i know that i recommend bon appetit test kitchen videos i love brad yeah Brad is great, and actually his producer is a huge Yankees fan. Shout out Matt Hunziker. But um, need to get on that. Yeah, Claire Claire Saffet does gourmet makes where she basically tries to reverse engineer a bunch of junk food. Yeah, I've so. watched a lot of those. They're so mm-hmm. long. I feel so bad for her. They're so long, but it's so crazy, and it also makes me never want to eat like processed junk food again seeing how impossible it is to make with, like, real human ingredients. So that's my recommendation. Which Yankee player do you think would appreciate your cooking the most? Um, Garrett Cole and his wife are big into cooking. Um, I found out that Tony Zick, a pitcher who was a non-roster invite, has a farm in Illinois. So I feel like in terms of making my own butter and milling my own flour, we would at least be kind of simpatico on that. Um, I don't think I'm a great cook and I'm a vegetarian, so it probably doesn't appeal to many major league players, but I know that Garrett Cole and his wife are really into food. They're food people. So I I basically just went full Leo Mazzoni and just started rocking the whole time because I didn't have much to add to that, and that's fine, and it was delightful. Um, Do you have any tips uh, for my girlfriend who is excited to go check out the museums and restaurants of New York City as we just moved here, um, and now she's trapped in a box with me and she doesn't really like me? Um, I would say she should uh, take up baking. Okay. Or we're all doing um, it. Yeah. Just just watch some TV that you refuse to watch with her so that she can get personal space. Yeah. No, there's been a lot of baking in our apartment with no cooking going on. So that's what we've been up to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like everyone I know, especially given that, like, when I went to the grocery store, it was like pasta and bread were gone. Like, I feel like everyone I know is on a carb only diet moving forward. So. It's a weird we're all in this together. The weird societal thing is like we're we're all prepped to have cabin fever mm-hmm. for the next 8 months, but everyone's already started like snacking and eating and surviving, <laughs> which it's really a bizarre case study. 
Yeah. I don't know how to grocery shop for, you know, in case I'm inside for three weeks. Right. I have no idea. Uh, I, which is I mean, why I just keep, yeah. I haven't even, like, I asked my girlfriend, like, hey, how are we on toilet paper? And she was like, every bodega on every corner has a ton, so we don't, even, doesn't it matter? So I don't know where people are living. I guess New York City is a whole different animal, but. I'll worry about that. Anyway. Oh, best 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 coronavirus tweet that's made you last. That laugh. That's my last question. Um uh, the one from like before it got bad where someone said he was pronouncing quarantine like fettuccine. Oh yeah. Quarantini. <laughs> yeah, quarantini. Oh, nice. Hi Fisher. That's pretty Fisher good. Someone me. Yeah. Quarantini. The one that got me was someone was like, hey, why don't we all just keep buying toilet paper at our normal <laughs> rations? <laughs> like, we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I went to the grocery store yesterday, like the stuff that they were sold out of, like, why are people loading up on sriracha? You know, things like that. Or things that are like very perishable. Like Maybe milk. sriracha so, makes them go to yeah. the bathroom and that's how they're mm-hmm you know, reasoning, buying all the toilet paper. It's reverse engineering <laughs> the system there. They need to justify all the toilet paper yes, that they yes. poured it. Do you mean? Yes. Okay, cool. We, we have okay. one last question. It comes from a Patreon. Mm-hmm. They want to know your favorite pizza slice. Ooh. My favorite pizza slice. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so ready for this. Scar's uh, Pizza on the Lower East Side. That is my current favorite pizza place in New York. Um, my sadness is that Last year, Two Boots, which was my favorite other, you know, kind of fast, casual pizza place, uh, went under because of tax evasion. So Oof, That'll get you. Tough. <laughs> so, shout out Scar's Pizza. It's really good, and it's really cool, and it has, like, um, an 80s sports vibe. So, yeah. Okay. But what's your slice? Is it just regular cheese? <laughs> oh, yeah, just regular cheese. Yeah. I mean, I don't eat meat and like most vegetarian pizzas. Wait, so you're from, you're from Tracy and Mm -hmm. pizza in the West coast, especially Tracy Livermore area is basically fast food pizza or bust. So when you move to, are are you firm? New York has better pizza than California. Oh my God. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm very much pro regional food specialties. So I don't eat avocados outside of California and I don't eat pizza and bagels in California. And I think it is fine to think that not every place has to be great at everything. So, yeah. That is what I've been saying. Cause we both, we, you and I both live both places. Like mm-hmm. you don't get tri-tip. I miss tri-tip sourdough bread and good Mexican breakfast burritos. But when I'm in yeah. California, I won't even touch a bagel. Like yep. won't even no. touch one. And pizza's pretty brutal as well, unless you dress it up with a million different things. You know what else you can't find here that are, that I can't find here is uh, artichokes. Mm, yeah, we're people really are not struggling very finding. Heavy. Yeah, no, we're really struggling because Caitlin and I like a good artichoke with steak. Can't find any. You can find them; they're just what? bad. Yeah, that's my issue. Is that there's a lot of bad produce here, and very California snobbish about produce, so I am actually very relieved to hear that you feel the same way. No, we are we are aligning on all of these. We are very snobby with our produce, and you can't find good produce here at all. It's, it's a bummer. Fantastic. 
Cool. And that's All right. that's where we always li- land with Lindsay Adler, toilet paper, sriracha, and baking. <laughs> go pick up her book. Um, actually, don't. Well, she doesn't have a book, and don't go outside. So don't go get her fake book. Um, Lindsay, thank you. Any anything else? Um, please support local and independent businesses in any way that you can at this time. Buying gift cards that you can use later when uh, it's safer to go outside is a great way to do so. Um, I understand that Amazon is very appealing because it will bring things to you, but uh, please support your community. Okay, that's my that's my soapbox. Yeah. Well, no. Are are we considered a local business, local and small business to you? Because I think you, I think yeah, I think so. Great. So support John Boy Media. Appreciate you. Yeah, support, go. support John Boy and Jake. Buy a Barnes & Noble gift card to buy Lindsay Adler's future book she's writing. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, that's wow. the takeaway. Self-promotion much, but. Perfect. All right, thanks, Linz. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Okay. Who was that? It. She writes. She writes articles. Lindsay's the best. Big fan. Tweeted her. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Sourdough. What'd she buy? A flower maker? What year is it? Yeah, she's making flour, <laughs> but she didn't want all the flour to spill on her floor because right. it's dusty. Sure. So she bought wheat. So when that you can sweep <laughs> that up easier, she's making wheat flour. That's awesome. That's really it's good. Fantastic. Reasoning. Yeah. It's fantastic. Tweeted Lindsay. Thank her so much. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts or comments on that? Or pretty much good? Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's weird times. I think. Yeah, kind of talked away our way through like the season. You know, baseball wise, I kind of laid out what I think with her is like they're going to have to push this so far back cuz they're going to have to prep people. We have to do spring again before we start right. the season. And you can't just like, you know, May 25th be like, ah, "I think it's two more weeks. Everyone right. start throwing and then they stop throwing." So I've come to the firm realization in my opinion at least that right. they are going to take a date I think by the all-star break, say season starts here two weeks before it's spring training. And we're not doing anything before that. Anything you do that for on your own. And when we get to that point, if we're still not good, we'll do this again. But if we're clear before that doesn't matter because this is what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see. I mean, I, I think there are some workarounds. I think uh, of note in that conversation was Brian Cashman saying that in lockout years they had a two to three week spring training, so I, you got to anticipate that. That's what I'm thinking. From whenever two to three they weeks. can play yeah. baseball, so it'll it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think Corona's really just starting to get to Florida, and Florida people have their reputation. I won't dive into that, but there's been some shots of people still very much interacting. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, if if players are kind of quarantined and they can. Get those two to three weeks in. I mean, I, I, we're both firmly on that games. The first games will be played in empty stadiums for sure. For sure. Um, so I don't know if if you're taking that out of the equation. You know, I, I think there is some wiggle room to sneak towards the middle of May. But I mean, everyone's just guessing and reaching. And maybe I'm just too blindly optimistic because I miss the damn game, John Boy. I can sense you not wanting to believe that just because you're sports. Guy. I mean, I'm a sports guy, but I also, and Lindsay also said this, like, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. We're, we're all just guessing and reaching at stars, and we're all looking at our different uh, tweets I'm and articles very, and print. I'm very... You're a plan for the worst but and I, get excited for the best. 
Yeah, but I, I'm not just guessing. Like, I'm trying to think about as logically as I can. Right. And, yeah, I, I don't know. What's eight weeks? Eight weeks is middle of May. Eight weeks is middle of May, so then add two more weeks to that if they do spring training right. starting then. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, and I, 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 don't, I think that that is still the... Uh, yeah, I mean, eight weeks could be the peak of bad. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not saying I believe in that, but also, what if two weeks is the peak and then another four weeks after that, things have calmed down a little bit? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just a hopeful little girl who misses sports. But. Yeah. All right, well, in the meantime, if you're craving more content or anything yeah. from us, we, I, don't, I, we, I mean, I don't, if you just listen to Talking Yanks, we, we do have Talking Baseball that we will try to have interviews with yeah. writers and players and anyone we can get to hop on the phone with us for both shows. We just, we're going to watch old games and, oh, yeah. and put our commentary over them on the YouTube channels. We have... Some card games with players being released. I have something nice to say. Watching baggage, watching TV shows. Like we're trying to put out as much content as we can in this time. Uh, How about a little a thank you to the listeners for the fact that a where we're at today, and we've done that enough. But uh, a genuine thank you because today, on a day that's pretty tough for covering baseball and sports, we were able to call up a friend of ours from the Athletic. Um, to have a good conversation with us because because of you guys, pretty much. Yeah. So thanks, thanks everyone. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Check out everything else we're doing if you are uh, craving content. Otherwise, just stick around for more Talking Yanks. We are continuing the player profile and projections because oh, yeah. we recorded all of them. They're all recorded. They're all edited. They're all scheduled out. So enjoy those, even though they're kind of moot. But if it's not a full season, but whatever, enjoy it. That's all from us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.